ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So today then we're going to begin a new series of study, a new series of lessons, a new book. And that particular book is going to be the explanation of Lum'atul I'tiqad. And this explanation is going to be mostly the explanation of al-Sheikh Zaid ibn Muhammad ibn Hadi al-Madkhali rahimahullahu ta'ala. That is the explanation we'll use mostly for this book of Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi, Lum'atul I'tiqad. And this is a book which explains the aqeedah of Ahlul-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. It is a book that explains the aqeedah of Ahlul-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. It goes through various principles of aqeedah. Talks about the companions, talks about the Qur'an, talks about Iman, talks about various aspects of the aqeedah of a Muslim. So that when you go through this book, at the end of it, you have an overview of what your aqeedah should be. What is the correct aqeedah of a Muslim? That is the intent of this particular book. In the beginning, in the introduction to it, Sheikh Zaid mentions, or rather, the son of the sheikh mentions, أَمَّا بَعَدْ فَإِنَّ أَمْرَ الْعَقِيدَةِ الْإِسْلَامِيَّةِ لَهُ شَأْنٌ عَظِيمٌ That the affair of the Islamic aqeedah, this has a great importance. There is a great importance to this issue of the Muslims aqeedah. وَمَنْزِلَةً رَفِيعَةً فِي مِيزَانِ شَرِيعَةِ الْإِسْلَامِ An aqeedah has a very high standing in the, in the scales of the Islamic sharia. Knowing the correct aqeedah you need to be upon has a very high rank and a very high level. A Muslim needs to know what that aqeedah is. إِذْ هِيَ الْأَسَاسِ الْمَتِينِ الَّذِي يُبْنَى عَلَيْهِ سَائِرُ أَحْكَامِ الدِّينِ Because aqeedah is the solid foundation upon which all of the rulings of the religion are built upon. Aqeedah is that solid foundation upon which all of the rest of the rulings of this religion are built upon. وَلِفَضْلِهَا وَجَلَالَةِ قَدْرِهَا 
بدأ الرسل الكرام والأنبياء العظام عليهم الصلاة والسلام دعوة أمامهم إليها And due to the great virtue of this aqidah and the greatness of its rank and station, the messengers and the prophets, all of them began the da'wah to their people, all of them began their da'wah with the issue of aqidah. All of the prophets and all of the messengers, when they used to give da'wah to their people, They would all begin with aqidah first. And that is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ began with too. Just like all of the other Prophets and Messengers. And that is exactly what he taught the companions to do too. So you see in the Qur'an Allah mentioned, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ Allah said, we sent to every nation, <coughs> we sent to every nation a messenger preaching to them, Allah, worship Allah alone upon Tawheed, and stay away from the false deities. The issue of Aqidah, Tawheed, the basis, that is what every prophet and messenger began with. Allah said in the Quran also, that all of the prophets and messengers used to say to their people, يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَهٍ غَيْرُهُ O people, worship Allah alone upon Tawheed. You do not have any other deity to worship. So this issue of aqidah, this issue of having the foundation, Tawheed, worship of Allah alone, abandoning all forms of shirk, that is the foundation upon which all of the religion is built. The foundation that all of the prophets and messengers call to. And you see in the ahadith, how the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to teach the companions to begin with this aqidah when they went and gave da'wah. So you have the famous hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal, when the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu with another companion. To go to Yemen to give da'wah. He said to him, إِنَّكَ تَأْتِي قَوْمًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ You will come across a people of the book, the Jews and the Christians. فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلَ مَا تَدْعُهُمْ إِلَيْهِ شَهَادَةُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So make sure the first thing you call them to is, the first thing you teach them about Islam is, shahada, the shahada, la ilaha illa Allah. The aqidah, the tawheed, the foundation of the religion. Then the Prophet ﷺ said to him, فَإِنْهُمْ قَبِلُوا ذَلِكَ مِنْكَ If they accept that from you, أو كما قال, ثُمَّ أَخْبِرْهُمْ Then tell them, أَنَّ اللَّهَ افْتَرَضَ عَلَيْهِمْ خَمْسَ صَلَوَاتٍ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمِ وَلَيْلَةٍ That Allah has obligated upon them five prayers every day and night. But notice in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, you will come across the people of the book, Jews and Christians. So make sure the first thing you call them to, the first da'wah you give them, is the da'wah of Tawheed, Aqidah, the foundation. Then he said, if they accept that, 
if they accept that, then move on and tell them about the prayer, five prayers every day Allah has obligated upon you, and the zakat and the remainder of the affairs. Meaning if they don't accept the foundation from you in the first place, then it will not benefit them even if they did pray five times a day. The remainder of the knowledge, the prayer and the zakat and these affairs will not benefit them anyway if they don't accept the correct aqidah and foundation. So the Prophet ﷺ said, tell them that foundation first. The shahada, the aqidah, the tawheed. If they accept it, then tell them about the rights and responsibilities, the prayer and the zakat and the other affairs. So that shows you how all of the other aspects of the religion are built upon the foundation of aqidah and tawheed. The five pillars of Islam, the shahada, the prayer, the zakat, the fasting and the hajj. The fasting, the uh, prayer and the fasting and the zakat and the hajj, those four all return back to the first one. The shahada, tawheed. Because if a person didn't accept the first one, he didn't accept tawheed, rejected it, even if he did the other four, they wouldn't be accepted. So the first one is the one that the other four return back to. The same with the iman, the six pillars of iman. Iman in Allah, in His angels, in His books, in His prophets, in the day of judgment, in the decree. The five at the end, they all return back to the first one, which is belief in Allah. The other five return back to that one. That is the key and the source again. So here it is highlighted that this is the foundation that every Muslim needs to know. This is the foundation that all of the prophets and messengers began their message with. And that is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ began with. That is exactly what he taught the companions to go and begin with when they were giving da'wah. If كُلُّ وَاحِدٍ مِّنْهُمْ قَالْ All of the prophets, every one of them used to say, يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِّنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ O people, worship Allah alone. You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. وَإِنَّ خَاتَمَهُمْ نَبِيُّنَا مُحَمَّدْ صلى الله عليه وسلم بَدَأَ دَعْوَتَهُ بِهَا وَلَبِثَ ثَلَاثَ عَشَرَةَ سَنَةَ فِي مَكَّةَ يَدْعُوا إِلَى تَوْحِيدِ اللَّهِ the seal of all of those prophets, the seal, the final one of all of those prophets and messengers was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He also, بَدَأَ دَعْوَتَهُ بِهَا began his da'wah, his call with tawheed, with aqidah, with the foundation. وَلَبِثَ ثَلَاثَ عَشَرَةَ سَنَةَ فِي مَكَّةَ يَدْعُوا إِلَيْهَا and he remained 13 years in Mecca, calling to it, calling to Tawheed, calling, calling to the Shahada, calling to the Aqidah. That first 13 years was all about building this foundation. Because you note that the prayer and the zakat and the fasting and the hajj, all of those rulings came much later on in Islam. They came much later on. Even the prayer, 
despite how important the prayer is, despite how much status the prayer has in the religion of Islam, to the extent that the Prophet ﷺ said, الْعَهْدُ الَّذِي بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَهُمُ الصَّلَاةِ فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرُ أو فَقَدْ أَشْرَكُ That the covenant, the barrier, the decisive factor between us and them is the prayer. So whoever abandons that has indeed committed kufr, any one narration committed shirk. That is the severity of the one who abandons the prayer. That is the greatness of this act of worship of the prayer. Yet, it was not legislated until a decade after the prophethood began. The Prophet ﷺ became a prophet at the age of 40. The prayer Legislation for the prayer was not given until he was approximately 50, two or three years before the hijrah. So even the prayer was not legislated in those early years, in the first decade of da'wah. So what was then? If the prayer wasn't legislated yet, zakat wasn't legislated yet, fasting wasn't legislated yet, hajj wasn't legislated yet. So what were the Muslims studying and learning in the first 10 years of Islam and prophethood? Purely aqeedah. Purely aqeedah. And that is one of the biggest proofs that the way of salafiyyah is the correct way of da'wah. All these other groups out there, they will even say to you, aqeedah, tawheed is no big deal. That's what they'll say. Five minutes, just learn it quickly. Everybody knows don't prostrate to the idols. We're all Muslims, tawheed, no problem. They say that's finished. Now we can talk about politics, now we can talk about the Muslim rulers, now we can talk about elections and this and that. So they neglect and they belittle the issue of Tawheed. Whereas you see the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ, a decade, not just one year or two years even, a decade purely upon Tawheed and Aqeedah, settling that foundation and grounding it and establishing it, Amongst the people. So he was in Mecca for 13 years calling to Tawheed. يَغْرِسُ جُذُورَهُ فِي أَعْمَاقِ النُّفُوسِ He was implanting the roots of that into the depths of the souls. Implanting, implanting the roots of this aqeedah into the depths of the souls of the chests of the people. So that it's not something superficial, it's not something that you temporarily learn at the top and it disappears, but it's something which is grounded in you. This understanding of aqeedah, understanding of tawheed. And there are narrations that prove exactly this. Like for example, when the Prophet ﷺ initially forbade the people from visiting the graves. And then afterwards, once this aqeedah and tawheed became somewhat more established, and the people understood more, then the Prophet ﷺ allowed them to go. كُنْتُ قَدْ نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْ زِيَارَةِ الْقُبُورِ The Prophet ﷺ said, I used to forbid you from visiting the graves. أَلَا فَزُورُوهَا فَإِنَّهَا تُذَكِّرُكُمُ الْآخِرَةِ but rather now visit them, because indeed they remind you of the hereafter. So why did he forbid them initially, but then later allowed them, initially forbade them, because graves, 
graveyards, the deceased, that is one of the entry points into shirk. And that is how the shirk began at the time of Nuh alayhi salam. So the Prophet ﷺ closed all potential avenues leading to those ways. Until the people became grounded in aqidah, they became more solidified in their understanding of tawheed. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, now you can go. Go and visit the graves because it will remind you of the hereafter. So this all indicates the importance that was given to firmly establishing the understanding and solidifying the understanding of aqidah first. When you look at the Qur'an, every surah, it tells you whether it was revealed in Mecca or Medina. If you look at the tafsir of the Qur'an, it will tell you at the beginning of every surah, this surah is Madani, it was revealed in Medina. Or this surah is Makki, it was revealed in Mecca. All of the surahs where they tell you they were revealed in Mecca, if you go through them, the Meccan chapters, all of them majoritively, in fact, majoritively, they tell me it's not a word. All of them mostly are about Tawheed and Aqidah. The surahs that were revealed in Mecca mostly are all about Tawheed and Aqidah, paradise, hell. Talking about those foundations. Then when the hijrah occurred, the surahs that were revealed in Medina, you find a lot more of the, what you would call the fiqh issues. A lot more of the rulings and the legislations and the different aspects. The ahkam, all of those are in the Medina surahs afterwards. Because initially all the revelation was focused on aqidah and tawheed in settling and laying those foundations. Even when the revelation first began, right at the beginning, when the Qur'an was being revealed, when the revelation began, began with Iqra' Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq. Then after that, the very next revelation was what? Ya ayyuhal muddathir. And in that, what does it mention right at the beginning of that surah? Warujza. Fahjur, abandon the idols, abandon shirk, call to tawheed. That is one of the first revelations that was given to the Prophet ﷺ. It wasn't go and start praying, go do this, go do that, abandon this, abandon that, that, abandon stealing, abandon fornication, none of that. The first revelation was abandon the idols, abandon shirk. That's how the revelation began, calling to tawheed, and warning against shirk. Then slowly built and built upon that. And when the Prophet ﷺ went upon the mountain, Mount Safa, or Marwa, Mount Safa, and he began to call the people, uh, calling all of the people for them to gather, and he began to tell them about Tawheed. And so his uncle, Abu Lahab, he came and he listened to that, and he said to him, Ali hadha jama'atana, you got us all here for this. You have gathered us all here for this. To call us to Tawheed. To call us to the abandonment of all of our other gods. So he was speaking out against him. Hence the scholars they say the surah was revealed regarding him. 
Tabbat yada Abi Lahabin Watabba. May he be perished. Literally, may his hands be perished, meaning may he be perished. May he be destroyed for his opposition to Tawheed, his opposition to the Prophet ﷺ. So the initial da'wah, the early da'wah, was all about establishing this foundation, the foundation of the Tawheed and the aqidah of a Muslim. وَيَبْنِي أُسُسَهُ وَدَعَائِمَهُ فِي الْقُلُوبِ So this would be a means of building those foundations and those supports and those uh, the basis in the hearts of the people. نَزَلَتْ أَغْلَبُ سُوَرِ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ تَقْرِيرًا لِذَلِكَ الْأَمْرِ الْعَظِيمِ the majority of the chapters of the Qur'an, not just the Makkah ones even, the majority talk about this issue of aqidah, of tawheed, in establishing it, in uh, 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 grounding that issue and making it clear. وَلِذَا اِهْتَمَّ بِهَا الْعُلَمَاءِ قَدِيمًا وَحَدِيثًا تَعَلُّمًا وَتَعْلِيمًا وَتَأْلِيفًا وَنَشْرًا that's why the Sheikh says the scholars, they gave great importance to this topic of aqidah. In the past and in the present. In the past and in the present, the scholars throughout history have given great importance to the topic of aqidah. In terms of learning it and studying it. They used to focus on learning and studying in detail the issues of aqidah. Ta'aliman, as well as the fact that they focused on teaching it, making sure that the people understood the correct Islamic aqidah. Ta'alifan, they used to author a lot of books on this issue of aqidah. You find some of the scholars, their books on aqidah are not just like this one. This is a small one, barely 100, 200 pages. You find some books of the scholars, volumes and volumes all on aqidah. Five volumes, six volumes, huge volumes, all on the topic of the aqidah of the Muslim. So the scholars gave importance to writing books, explaining and detailing this issue. وَنَشْرَى And also to spread that, to make this widespread amongst the people, and known to the people what the correct aqidah is. فَكَمْ مِنَ الْكُتُبِ أُلِّفَتْ فِيهَا so how many books have been authored in the field of aqidah? In English, hardly anything. When you look into the Arabic selection of books, hundreds and hundreds of books, volumes and volumes, thousands of volumes, written on these topics of aqidah, explaining them, going into the details of them, many books written. بَعْضُهَا المختصر. Some of them are summarized, small books. وَبَعْضُهَا المطول, And some of them are long books, many volumes. وَبَعْضُهَا المنثور, وَبَعْضُهَا المنظوم, Some of them are prose, and some of them are poetry. Prose meaning they are written as normal books, page after page, chapter after chapter explaining. And some of them are poetry. Like you've heard of the famous poem, the Ha'iyah of Ibn Abi Dawood. That is an example. Some of the scholars wrote poems about the aqidah of the Muslim. 
Poems, they used to write those because it was easy for a person to memorize. You memorize the poem, and therefore you end up memorizing the main points of aqidah. Whereas a book, with page after page of writing, you can't memorize every page. But the poem may just be two or three pages long altogether, you can memorize the poem. So they used to write it in poems sometimes. وَمِن تِلْكُمُ الْكُتُبُ هَذِهِ الرِّسَالَةِ الْمُسَمَّةِ from amongst all of these books that were written in the field of Aqidah, is this book that we have with us now, the book known as Lum'atul I'tiqad. Lum'atul I'tiqad, that's the title of this particular book, written by Al-Imam Muwafiq al-Din Abi Muhammad Abdullah ibn Ahmad ibn Muhammad ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi. Famously known as Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi. He is the one who wrote this particular book. He was born in the year 541 Hijri. Which is basically a thousand years ago thereabouts. Basically about a thousand years ago, just less. And he died in 620 Hijri in Damascus. Lum'atul i'tiqad, the meaning of that title in English, you could say, rays, you know the R-A-Y-S, the rays of the sun. When the sun rays come out, it is like the rays of aqidah, the shining lights of aqidah, that this highlights to you and makes clear to you comes out like rays of light explaining this aqidah. لأنها نعم وقد سماها لمعة الاعتقاد لأنها ذات أدلة صريحة مضيئة. This book has clear evidences, enlightening evidences, enlightening to you the correct aqidah. تلمع كلمعان الصرج القوية. They shine. Like shining lanterns. They shine like shining lanterns. فَهِيَ كِتَابٌ عَقِيدَةٌ مُضِيئَةٌ So this is a book of aqidah, of enlightening aqidah. وَالْعَقِيدَةٌ فِي اللُّغَةٌ He's now going to basically explain what does the word aqidah mean. All this introduction we've been talking about aqidah. And the Muslim needs to have the right aqidah. And that the foundation of all of this religion is to have the right aqidah. So what does the word aqidah mean? In English they often translate it as creed. The creed of a person. The creed of a Muslim. In Arabic, aqidah. في اللغة هي الشيء المحكم. والمراد بها ما يعتقده القلب ويجزم به ولا يمكن أن يتزعزع Linguistically, briefly here he mentions that aqidah is something which is firm. Something which is grounded and settled and solid. And there is much more detail they give, but briefly. Something which is fixed and firm and settled and grounded. And the purpose here, what we mean by aqidah is those affairs, those beliefs, 
that are fixed and grounded and solid in your heart. That is your aqidah, that you are certain upon, you are absolutely precise upon, distinct, solid beliefs that you are settled upon, and they cannot be shaken. وَهِيَ الْأَسَاسَ الَّذِي يُبْنَ عَلَيْهِ الدِّينَ So that is the foundation upon which the religion is built. Your aqidah, your belief, your creed, those beliefs regarding the various aspects we're going to discuss. So, كَيْفَ لَا وَأُصُولُهَا الْإِيمَانُ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُولِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْإِيمَانِ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ And the shaykh then goes on to say, how can it not be the foundation? How can it not be? It has to be. When you remember that this aqidah, it is talking about topics like belief in Allah, belief in the angels, belief in the prophets, belief in the books, belief in the day of judgment, belief in the decree. Those types of things, if they are not the foundation of your religion, then what is? That is the foundation that you build all of your religion upon your iman, upon your belief, upon your actions, upon. وَتُسَمَّى iman. This is something as well. The books of the scholars, sometimes in the past, you hear that a scholar had a book called the book of iman. Like we just done now, Kitabul Tawheed. There are sometimes books you come across them, Kitabul iman. And you come across some of them known as Kitabu Sunnah, the book of the Sunnah. Some of them Kitabu Tawheed, like we just did. All of these, the book of Sunnah, the book of Iman, the book of Tawheed, they all revolve around the same subject matter. Book of Iman, book of Sunnah, when the scholars used to give those titles to their books, they all revolve around the same subject matter, which is this foundation of aqidah, the usul, the principles upon which your religion is built. وَعِلْمٌ هَذَا شَأْنُهُ وَتِلْكَ أَهْمِيَّتُهُ حَرِيٌّ أَنْ يُهْتَمَّ بِهِ any knowledge that has this level of importance being the foundation of the religion and has this level of status, then no doubt it is deserving to be given importance. No doubt this is something, the aqidah, which is deserving to be given importance. وَيُسْعَى فِي تَحْصِيلِهِ وَنَشْرِهِ And you have to strive in gaining the knowledge of this aqidah, and in spreading it, family, friends, neighbor, society. وَقَدْ قَامَ الْعُلَمَ بِذَلِكَ كُلِّ The scholars, they did all of that. They learned it, they studied it, they taught it, they spread it, gave importance to it, they did all of that. كَمَا أَوْضَحُوا مَا يُضَادُّ هَذِهِ الْعَقِيدَةِ Similarly, the scholars did not only used to explain what the correct aqidah of a Muslim is. On top of that, they used to explain what opposes it. So that you are aware of the things that oppose the correct aqidah in order that you can then stay away from them. 
By knowing the opposite of the truth, you can stay away from that opposite. By knowing what is wrong from right, the things which are right you know. But then you also know what things are wrong, so that you can make sure you never do any of those wrong things. If you didn't know what things are wrong, you knew all of the right things, but you didn't know any of the wrong things. Then one of these wrong things might come to you, and you may do it, not knowing that this is one of the wrong side. So you learn the truth, but you learn what opposes it, in order to be able to protect yourself from it. As they say in Arabic, كَيْفَ يَتَّقِي مَنْ لَا يَعْرِفْ مَا يَتَّقِي How can somebody defend himself from something if he doesn't know who or what he is supposed to be defending himself from? Only if you know what to defend yourself from, you can protect yourself. If you're in a jungle and there are berries everywhere on the trees, you don't know which category or which color of berries are poisonous. Red ones, blue ones, green ones. Which ones are you not going to eat then? You don't know how to protect yourself because you don't know which ones are the bad ones. So you learn what the good ones are and you learn what the bad ones are in order that you can protect yourself from the bad. So the scholars used to clarify what opposes the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah also in order for you to be able to protect yourself from that aqidah. وَفَنَّدُوهُ بِأَدِلَّةِ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَهَذَا الْكِتَابِ اشْتَمَلَ عَلَىٰ أُصُولِ مِنْ عَقِيدَةِ أَهْلِ سُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ And they, they added on and they filled their books with evidences to prove all of that aqeedah. And this book includes the principles of the aqeedah of Ahlu sunnah وَقَدْ قَامَ وَالِدِي The Shaykh says, my father, Shaykh Zayd, this is the son of a Sheikh Zayd explaining this introduction to the book of his father. He says, My father, قَدْ قَامَ وَالِدِي حَفِظَهُ اللَّهُ وَمَتَّعُهُ بِحَيَاتٍ طَيِّبًا When he was alive, بِبَيَانْ تِلْكَ الْأُصُولِ He says, My father, he did this work, wrote this explanation to clarify those principles. وَذَكَرَ تَعْلِيقَاتِ مُخْتَصَرَ عَلَى جُمَلِهِ and he has added on some annotations, some basic explanations onto the original book. Because here what we have are two things. We have the original book we're going to be studying, and that original book of Aqidah is written by Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi about a thousand years ago. That is what we've got here. Then we've got the explanation to it, because some parts may be difficult to understand, there is an explanation to that book written a thousand years ago almost by one of the scholars who was alive recently, Sheikh Zayd. Hafidahullah, Sheikh Zayd al-Madkhali, rahimahullah. He has given the explanation. So we are going to use both of those together. The original book written hundreds of years ago, we'll read that. And then the bits where it's difficult to understand, we will read the explanation of Sheikh Zayd one of the Salafi scholars of our time explaining the meanings of these points of Aqidah so they are clear to everyone to understand what they are. So that's what his son mentions here, that my father wrote these uh, few explanations uh, to clarify further and to make clear what this Aqidah is. So that is the purpose of our study now for the next two or three months. Every Sunday evening, inshallah, we're going to start going through this book bit by bit, section by section, every week we'll take a particular point 
of the aqidah, explain what that point is, what you're supposed to believe, what the belief of a Muslim is regarding this aqidah, because many people have gone astray, have become misguided over issues of aqidah. When you ask them about issues of aqidah, they don't know. One of the basic things that will come to insha'Allah is, where is Allah? Where is Allah? The aqidah of a Muslim is, that Allah is above the creation, separate from this creation. He's not in this creation everywhere. But some people, many people, when you ask them, what do they say? Allah is everywhere. So they have misunderstood the correct aqidah about the Qur'an. Some people, you ask them about the Qur'an, they say, Allah created the Qur'an. Wrong again. Allah did not create the Qur'an. Allah spoke the Qur'an. So these are various issues of aqidah a Muslim needs to be aware of. So bit by bit, section by section for the next approximately three months. It's not a big book, it will only take maybe three months or so. We'll go through all of those sections. Uh, and inshallah ta'ala, after that introduction, next week then we'll begin with the opening section. Next week we'll begin with the opening section and then we'll move on every week from there. The book is available in English, so you should try and get a copy of it. Available, translated in English with the explanation of a Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen. A Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, his explanation of this same book that we're going to be studying is available in English. So try and get some copies of that. Or maybe you can organize it together in other places. We organize it together. Everybody give their names who wants a copy and one brother goes and gets them all. Maybe you can do that. It becomes cheaper. Buy all of them together in bulk. That's what we do in some places. So if you're going to do that, Maybe do that, organize it together, everybody get the book, it's only a small book. Small book, maybe a hundred pages big, a few pounds. But it will be very, very beneficial and useful for you to have that book with you. As we're reading through it here now, you have a copy in front of you as well and you can follow along. It will help you to understand it and to remember it even better. So inshallah, try and get a copy if you can and we'll start from the beginning of it. Next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.